The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. In the name of Jesus. That is why you are called Jehovah. That is why you are called. That is why you are called Jehovah. What you say.
My Father, do that which eyes have not seen in every life in this place, in every life joining us over the internet. Do that which ears have not heard. Do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. Let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus, amazing name, we are prayed. God bless you, you may be seated. Amen. This is the final part of our series, um, part seven of Unstoppable. Amen. In part one, we sorted out the internal showstoppers. In part two, we looked at the power of we. In part three, we dealt with the fact that you are unstoppable. In part four, we looked at um, the eating force of humility. In, in part five, which was yesterday, we looked at Ebenezer. In part six, which was this morning, if you missed this first service, please get it. Get it, city. We looked at no more Mara. And right now, part seven, let my people go. Let my people go. <clears throat> Praise the name of the Lord. I'm pretty excited about that myself. I explained some things in the second worship experience that we need to understand. In Luke 4, 18 to 21, Jesus stood and said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to bind up the broken hearted, and on and on and on and on. And when he finished, he said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears, in your eyes. Now, what do you think the Pharisees that knew Jesus as a little boy that was pushing tire in the street, what do you think they would think? They say, what arrogance, you, Jesus. <laughs> Is he not, are these not your brothers? The Holy Spirit says to tell you, that I wish I have somebody else say this for me. It's tough for me, but again, I've made up my mind to obey God. Is that okay? Because I said to him that I already know that he says not for you, but for them. There are Apostles, they are evangelists, they are prophets, they are pastors, they are teachers. Not every teacher is a pastor, not every pastor is a prophet, not every prophet is an apostle. And not everyone in ministry is a man of God. I know we use men of God for everyone in, in ministry. Not everyone in ministry is a man of God. Miriam was a prophetess. Aaron was a priest. But Moses was 
I have been sent as a man of God to speak to you. Praise the name of the Lord. And I'm praying that you receive it. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 1, Exodus 9, 1, it says, Go back to Pharaoh. The Lord commanded Moses, Tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, say. Let my people go. God instructed me to speak to every Pharaoh in your life and destiny. Let my people go. Let my son go. Let my daughter go. It's an instruction. If you've been with us for a while, by the grace of God, I'm not self-serving. So I'm not, I'm not doing this for myself. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But I have to be who God has called me to be. Is that okay? He says to sound the instruction for every pharaoh that is represented in every life in this place, in every life over the internet, let my people go. Yeah. And verse 2 of Exodus 9 says, if you continue to hold them and refuse to let them go, the hand of the Lord will strike you. We strike all your livestock, your horses, your donkeys, your camels, your cattle, your sheep, and your goat with a deadly plague. But the Lord will again make a distinction between the livestock of his people and that of the Egyptians. Not a single one of your animals and your possessions will die. He goes on to say in verse 5 that the Lord has already set the time for the plague to begin. Every resistance to this instruction is going to be met with force from heaven. In the name of Jesus. And in verse chapter 5, verse, verse 1, it says, And Moses and Aaron went and spoke to Pharaoh. They told him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, say." Let my people go. Verse 2. Pharaoh says, Is that so? Retorted Pharaoh. And who is this Lord? <laughs> and who is this Lord? Why should I listen to him and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord. And I will not let Israel go. 
today you will know the Lord. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Today, the might of God will be introduced to every Pharaoh and his host in the name of Jesus. Every power, every force or person that says, who is the Lord in your life, will crumble. Every force or person that says, who is the Lord, or any situation that says, who is the Lord in your life, will collide with the God of heaven's armies. Today, in the mighty name of Jesus. And to really understand this, you need to understand the multi-god system of that Egypt ran. Egypt had several gods, small letter G gods, for the different aspects of life. And they worship the different gods. So when Moses, the man of God, came and said, let my people go, the Lord said, let my people go. Pharaoh, check his list, which one of them? He's not on my database. So I cannot respond to him. And Moses said, if you don't, you will see his hand. It's a big deal to God when people defy him. It's a big deal to God when any God, in fact, the gods themselves, they don't even try it. The people usually put them in more trouble. <laughs> and when it comes to the enemy, because it's, it's, it's an arc enemy, you cannot negotiate with the devil. Many of us think, oh, if I, if I be a good girl, the devil will leave me alone. If I don't find this trouble, somebody actually said to me, well, if I don't find the devil's trouble, the devil will not find the trouble. <laughs> I laughed. I said, the devil started finding your trouble before you were born. If I didn't want you to be born. <laughs> you, it doesn't work like that. You can't negotiate. Some of us, we've, we are trying so hard. Maybe if I wear more makeup, they will like me. Maybe if I, if I wear red, they will like me. Maybe if I wear blue, they will like me. The people that won't like you will not like you. Don't worry yourself. About it. The people that will love you will love you. So you cannot negotiate. The only language he hears is force. The only language he hears is not negotiation, it's force. So when God is on a mission and there's a Pharaoh that is hardening his heart and hardening his heart and hardening his heart, there's only one destiny for that Pharaoh to be sunk. I'm buried. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, I know, I know, many of us, you know, you know, we say, oh, but pastor, this is the New Testament, you know, you shouldn't be this, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm going to explain to you how it works so that you get this. While there is, and there usually would be human casualties, God is out to bring judgment on the gods of Egypt. 
to show that he is the only one and true God. That he is the God of gods. God is not, doesn't hate Egyptians. If you are streaming from Egypt, Jesus loves you. God doesn't hate people. God loves people. However, when a system rises against God, God must judge that system. And in many cases, there are human casualties. Now, imagine when, when the last strike, when the plague was, was going on, imagine if a wise Egyptian that has made, a, made friends with a Jew, I say, ah, oh boy, make my wife and Peking, make, make we go stay under your roof. Why this thing is happening? What do you think will happen? They will be saved. In fact, that, that actually happened. They, they were called the mixed multitude. If you read scriptures, they were called the mixed multitude. So they were, they were people that are wise. Now, if you, it's a wise thing. If you see somebody whose hands of God or some people whose hands of God is on them, be on their side. It's just the wise thing to do. Just be on their side. <laughs> so, God's family has the best place to be. <laughs> just be on their side. Praise the name of the Lord. The ten plagues that was unleashed on, on, on Egypt are ten sequential disasters God inflicted on the gods of Egypt. Even though they were human and animal casualties. It was the battle of gods. And God was saying, I am the God of gods and I will prove it. In your life, God is going to prove it. That is your God. And that is the God of gods. In the name of Jesus. And the, the ten plagues came in three circles. And the final blow. Three circles and a tenth. The first circle was a plague of blood, frogs, and lice. I want to encourage you to read Exodus from maybe chapter 4 to chapter 15. I mean, it's a good read. When you get home today, that's your homework. Let's go home and say to your children, they gave us homework from church. You know, I'm doing my homework. And read it. I'm sure the Holy Spirit is going to show you a whole lot. The second cycle is the plagues of flies, boils, livestock. The third cycle is the plague of hail, locust, third cycle, and darkness. And the tenth plague was the death of the firstborn male, both man and beast. So when you read Exodus 12, 12, it says that on that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I, now here's the key, I will execute judgment against Against who? All the gods of Egypt. For I am the Lord. 
So he's saying that I'm going to make a distinction between God's people and the people with the other gods. The people on my side will be safe. The people with the other gods, as I judge their God, they will have casualties. Praise the name of the Lord. And for those of us that are um, the real studios, I mean, I like to know, okay, so which are the gods? You know, I did a little bit of research. I, I mean, I, I will give you, you don't need to cram them. It's just good to know. <laughs> you know, the first plague turning Nile to blood was judgment against Apis, the god of Nile, Isis, the god of Nile, and Kum, the guidance of Nile. So God judged the three gods in one plague. The second plague of frogs was judgment against Hecate, the frog-headed goddess of birth. The god, they are the goddess of fruitfulness. The third plague of gnats, of lice, was judgment of, against Seth, the god of the desert. The fourth was of flies, was judgment against Wachit, the fly god. They will have fly gods. The fifth was a plague against Arthur, the goddess of cattle. The sixth was a plague of boils, a judgment against Sekhmet and Sunu, the gods of health and disease. The seventh was the plague of hail, was an attack on not the sky goddess, Osiris, the crop fertility god, and Seth, the god of storm. The eighth plague of locust focused on not Osiris. You see that some gods, they have different, more than one influence. God dealt with everything. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> and and said, the ninth plague of darkness was aimed at the sun. And that is actually the, supposedly the peak, which was the representation of Pharaoh himself, Re. And the tenth plague, the death of the firstborn male, was a judgment on Isis, not the Isis. <laughs> the protector of children. So we see here that God was executing judgment against the gods of Egypt. That's why you can understand in, in Exodus 15 when, when Miriam busted out into songs. She says, who is like unto thee, O God? Who is like unto thee among the who is like thee? Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. You're in a cross of your own. 
It begins to make sense that the songs that flowed after was a praise of God that is higher than every other God. So God is saying, let my people go. Hallelujah. If you don't, Pharaoh, there will be casualties. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities in unseen world, against mighty powers in, dark, in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. However, when their human representation are unrepentant, there will be casualties. God was talking about um, the prince of Pasha. It was a spiritual principality over that nation. But the, 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 the ruler of Pasha was the earthly ruler of Pasha was so needed to the spiritual representation that there's no way you will deal with the spiritual representation that you will not see an immediate impact on the physical person. Are you getting this thing? So that is why Exodus 8, 19 says, this, even, <laughs> the, the magicians, this is from the magicians of Pharaoh. Pharaoh too, you know, that's the challenge. Me too, he went to bring his own uh, magicians, you know. So the magicians, they say, Oga, this thing is the finger of God, though. The magicians exclaimed to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart remains hard. He wouldn't listen to them. The person God wants to destroy, this is the path he puts them on. This is the path he puts them on. He cooks them up. They take a position against God. They refuse to, they will be crushed. Say, say amen, my friend. The key thing, the key thing here is this. There is, you see, you know, you know what that means. <laughs> you will not be naive all the days of your life. There are implications to aligning with God. There are implications to being against God. There are implications when you align with God. There are implications when you don't align with God. That's the reality. That's the reality. But for someone here, God is saying enough is enough. He sent me to make this declaration that it is enough. It is enough. Isaiah 65, 22, read in the second worship experience, he says, no longer will they build houses and others live in them. Please, I want to encourage you to get the message of the second worship experience. Even first and second, actually. No longer will they build houses and others live in them. Plant vineyards and others eat. For the days of, as the days of the tree, so is the days of my people. My chosen ones will 
long enjoy the works of your hand, you will enjoy the works of your hand. You will not build for another to inhabit. You will not plant for another to eat. You will not labor again with your husband and another little Mrs. Pacifer just come and take it. You will not build your business and sweat. And some, you know, there's someone in this place. It's not the person, it's the person's mother. You own the business, the, person mo- the person's mom has orchestrated things to displace you. Uh, can you take this? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If she doesn't back down, she will be buried. We pray that she repents. This is our prayer. God doesn't want the death of any. But you see, my, 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 my uh, mom taught us something long time ago. She said to us, don't let any witch use you for testimony. Witches. They are witches. They will suck people's blood, kill them, destroy them. But God in his mercy will still save them, right? Then they will come to church and say, oh, when I was a witch, that brother in that other church, God's favorite house, I sucked his blood until he died. All his children, I killed them. But thank God for his grace. Now I am safe. Now, that, 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 that woman, that person will go to heaven. God will bless the person. Any witch. That comes there, your blood will die. In the name of Jesus. It will not be your blood that they will use to give testimony. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. The NLT translation says, unlike the past, Invaders will not take your houses nor confiscate your vineyards. My people will live as long as trees and my chosen ones will live, we have time to enjoy their hard-won gains. You will have time to enjoy your labors in the name of Jesus. And every chain Paradventure that is still remaining. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command them broken. By the time God finished with Pharaoh, no one escaped. No one of his hosts escaped. They are chasing you. You don't worry. You keep following God. God is about to bury them. You know, there's someone, they had this kind of service some time ago. 
and the Holy Spirit was leading me in this direction. And as I made that statement, I saw the person in my spirit. Ah! And I said, child, this guy's mom is going to go. Less than a week, he came with his wife to tell me, oh, mama has gone. I said to him, but you knew, didn't you? He said he knew. Okay, so I, I didn't see the he also knew. I pray again that God will help the Pharaoh if it were possible to find repentance. Say amen. amen. You know, because we've had Pharaohs that have found repentance. Every Pharaoh against you, against God's baby house, that is standing and it's bluffing and it's puffing. I pray they find repentance. But as we enter into this new week, if they refuse to repent, they will be buried. In the name of Jesus. We've, we've had pharaohs that repent. You know, the ministers can tell you those of us that know the story. A man came to my office and said, Pastor, Emma Bidnu, Emma Bidnu. The Sunday before he came, the Holy Spirit said to me, if you remember, I was ministering and I, I, I said it in a coded way. I said, I, you know, and the Holy Spirit said to me that he was going to come and beg you that his, his, um, his, um, his occult priest has told him that, ah, this one, you have to go and beg you. Uh, this one, this, this is not the kind of person. People, this group of people, you don't cross them. That was a Sunday. On Tuesday, it was in my office. So we are praying that they repent. But paraventure, you know that man is a free moral agent. God has given us free will. Paradventure, they refuse to repent. They will be buried. In the name of Jesus. However, God, how many people know that today is is going to be a milestone in your life? You already know that already. Okay, because I I, I kind of know it very strongly, you know, in in my my spirit, you know. However, God can deal with Pharaoh and take you out of Egypt. But you see, for you to be truly unstoppable, you have to allow God to deal with you and take Egypt out of you. It's one thing for God to deal with Pharaoh and take you out of Egypt. It's another thing for you to submit to the dealings of the Holy Spirit and allow God to take Egypt out of you. Until then, until when God takes Egypt out of you, that is when you are truly unstoppable. The problem with the church, we are too focused on the pharaohs 
and we get out of Egypt. But Egypt is still in us. Egypt is, and that's a, that's a big problem. So we have people that have been set free from the shackles of, of, of Egypt, of hell, of, of Pharaoh, but they are going and just roaming. Why? Because they have not submitted to the dealing of the Holy Spirit to eradicate Egypt from them. I have seen where God deals with gods and the unrepented folks. They die. They go with it. But I have seen those same people that God delivered with a mighty hand remain on the same spot. Because of what I'm sharing with you today. The Pharaoh is dead. However, in that particular person's case, they were still carrying Egypt. They were out of Egypt, but Egypt was in them. Ah, I'm praying today that God will not only take you out of Egypt, we take Egypt out of you. In Numbers 11:5, we see these people motivated by this milk multitude, you know, which are, you know, the people that were not Jews, but they were with them, but they were not of them. And they said in verse 5 that we remember the fish. Ah, we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers. Melon, leeks, alabasa, garlic. No, that's onions. We wanted. We, but now our appetites are gone. All that is left is this manner. This manner. When you find yourself disdaining God's provision. Egypt is inside. Egypt is inside. When you talk of Egypt, as a place to be desired, when you talk of Egypt's cheapness, Without remembering the chains, the whips, the slavery, Egypt is inside. When all you can see is, oh, ah, we need to, we used to free fish. Really? 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 This deliverance is not up to, I'm not sure it's up to 10 years old. It's just a few weeks actually. We used to eat free fish. Really? When, when, when those who should be rejoicing make themselves miserable out of discontent, Egypt is inside. When those that should be dancing before God, rejoicing, make themselves miserable, Egypt is inside. How do I know Egypt is inside? When we don't see the big picture of where God is taking us, and we grumble because of our current discomfort, Egypt is inside. When we run from one 
prayer meeting to another deliverance, to another deliverance, even though Pharaoh is dead. Egypt is still inside. It's proof that Egypt is inside. When we disdain God's provision because we, we, we crave for what everyone else has. That person is driving a C class. But God is taking you on a journey. That person is driving a Bentley. But you are on your own journey. When you don't relish your journey, your story, what God is doing with you, and your eyes is on what everybody else has, Egypt is inside. Egypt is inside. When, when we disdain what God is doing, and we take our eyes off, it's proof that Egypt is inside. When God has dealt with Pharaoh, and yet, we are still going from one camp meeting to another camp meeting to from one mountain to another mountain. Proof that Egypt is still inside. I've seen a lady that God actually dealt with the Pharaoh but she still remained on the same spot. It was very sad. Well, she's making some progress now. Because if you understand what I'm teaching you today, I pray that you will understand it. Amen. So, how do I get Egypt out of me? How many people is, we are beginning to wonder, yeah, I need to get, how do I get Egypt out of me? How do I get Egypt out of me? It's simple. Not simple. Not simplistic, but simple as straightforward, but not simplistic. Two things. Reprogramming my mind with the word of God. It's called transforming my mind with the word of God. And the second, I, I kept I, I alluding to, in fact, happening on it. Submitting myself to the dealing of the Holy Spirit. So when I open my mind to the word, I, I cleanse my mind with the word. The thinking of Egypt, I, I, I put it away. And I allow the word of God determine my thinking. And while I'm doing that, the Holy Spirit is going to put me on a program. Of detoxification. And when he puts me on that program, he's dealing with my flesh, he's dealing with my carnality, he's dealing with my human nature. And I want to get off that bus, I should remember that that is the path to the promised land. That is the path to the promised land. Every child of God that truly wants to fulfill his potential and truly wants to be unstoppable must submit to the word of God and to the dealing of the Holy Spirit. That's what gets Egypt out of you. That's what, if he, if he, if he, if he takes you on one path today, you follow him. Shepherd of my soul. I give you full control wherever you may I will follow 
chicken, chopping turkey. I'm like, I'm following him. I'm following him. Men treat you like crap. They trample upon you. They say horrible things about you. And everybody's saying, fight back. Everybody's saying, you know, you know abuse back. Everybody's saying, but you say no. I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. The Holy Spirit is taking me to the promised land. You go through it. And like the scripture says, we went through the fire. We went through the waters. You allowed men to step on our heads. Then you brought us to the wealthy place. Hallelujah. Then you brought us into the wealthy place. Then you get into the wealthy place. Then people are jealous of you. And they call you an overnight success. And they say, that small boy. Who does she think she is? Don't worry. They don't know the cost of my alabaster box. (laughs) <laughs> have no no clue no clue no clue no clue and you see so we have to submit to the process and let God expunge Egypt out of us I have seen where curses are actually broken but the pattern of behavior continued I've seen where demons are actually expelled out of somebody but the person kept behaving the same way because because of the period at which they were under the curse they had gotten used to a pattern of behavior now the curse is broken they are supposed to what change but they still continue back that's why we, we have people that keep jumping from one place to the other but today the cause that is broken remains broken. Yeah. And your pattern of behavior will change. Yeah. 
Why? Because, you see, you, you need to write this down. It's not in my notes. Who you are becoming is more important than what you are desiring. With God, God will take you through that process because who you are becoming is more important than what you are desiring. He wants to give you the promised land. Yes, you desire the promised land. It's God's will for you. But who you are when you enter the promised land is more important than the promised land. So it takes you through that process of expunging Egypt out of you. You see, but as long as the church keeps depending on, on people that will lay hands on them and, all, and want all their troubles to go just by people laying hands on you, the shame will continue. There's a place for that. I mean, I'm going to be doing laying of hands today. Don't get me wrong. In the first experience, uh, first, second worship experience, I explained how, how my pastor helped me, right? How if I didn't receive his help, I wouldn't be where I am today. And over the period... I sat under him. He was pouring himself into me when he challenged me to do what I'm doing today. I thought it was crazy, actually. I honestly thought it was crazy. I'm sorry, but I thought so. But I wouldn't be here about... So, so what is released from within is greater than what is impact, impacted from without. I'm going to say it again. Again, it's not in my notes. This are, <laughs> so it's not going to be on the screen. What is, what is, what is, while impactation is great, it's like a catalyst. What is released from within is far greater. So, we should stop looking for some guy that will lay hands on us and all our problems will go. Yes, if you are planted in God's house, you will hear his word and God will use his son or daughter to impact you and release you. However, what is being released, how do I explain this? It's like you have a container that is filled with gas. That gas can leak and nothing will happen. All you just need is a, a match. That is sometimes all we need. But when you get the match, you keep burning until you see the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So it is when you're, which is the, which is the, which is the significance of being planted in a place. Stop running from, from one place to the other. If you are planted, God will nurture you to greatness. And, and oh, the, the truth is that that's the difference. You know, Pharaoh was buried. Moses and the children of Israel were planted. There's a difference between being buried and being planted. The difference is what is inside. When God plants his children, what is inside? 
grows out and becomes a forest. When God buries the enemy, they stay there, nothing comes up. You will be planted. In the name of Jesus. When you are planted, it's different from when you are buried. When you go to talk to farmers, they will tell you. Everything that is planted has a gestation period, they say. So when you are planted, you need to be planted. So when you, when you, when you put a seed on this soil, you remove it. You put it on this soil, you remove it. But you are, you are just burying the seed and uprooting it. No, no. When it's planted, what happens? It stays. And therein, the nourishment, everything it needs, until it sprouts. And when it sprouts, it can now become a blessing to humanity. Did you get that? So I prophesy in the name of Jesus that not only will God take you out of Egypt, God will take Egypt out of you. I pray that you will submit to the dealings of the Holy Spirit. And he will take you to your wealthy place. So to draw the curtain in Exodus 9.1 God says, go back to Pharaoh. The Lord commanded Moses. Tell him this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, this is what the Lord, the God of the people of God's very behalf, says, let my people go. Why? So they can worship me. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. Every Pharaoh will lose his grip on you today. Yeah. Why? You know, when Cobams came here, I, I, I talked about it in the first worship experience, he made a profound statement. He said that if it is in your life and he doesn't give God praise, it is absolutely worthless. It can be a degree, it can be a wife, it can be a husband, it can be children, it can be a business, it can be a car, it can be... If it's in your life and it doesn't give God praise, absolutely worthless. The purpose of our existence is to pray, is to give him glory and to give him praise. We find that, that true freedom comes when we bow our knees to the one true and living God. That's when true freedom comes. Let me tell you a story, Anna. I will close. We, we, we have then the minister. We'll close service. I'll tell you how it goes. There was a woman that some of you know the story already. Had an issue of blood for 10 years. Flowing. Non-stop. And she came to church. We're preparing for a program. And she said, oh, she needed to see me that, you know, that we should pray. I couldn't see her because at that season, I, I wouldn't see people because I'm, I'm locked in with God. Now, but 
the person she spoke to said to her that, you know what, you don't need to see pastor. God is here. Just join us. It was, praise, it was the praise week. Praise chain, yeah. Just join us. And if after the program you still need to see him, then he will see you. And she said, okay. So she joined the praise. It wasn't prayer, it was praise. And instantly, the flow of blood for 10 years stopped. Stopped. Nobody prayed with her. Nobody laid hands on her. Nobody baptized her with anointing oil. Nobody shook her. But because she just opened herself to God's presence, she was healed. Fast forward. She shared the testimony, I mean. I mean, I was crying when she shared the testimony. She's had, did she say, four husbands. All of them abandoned her after a while. The last one says that, I love you, but I can't cope with this thing. To men, when men turn their back on you, you know, God is always reliable. So she shared the testimony in church, you know. Some people, even the machos of us, we were cleaning because it was very emotional. Fast forward, I didn't see this lady in church, and you know, and I was like, I sent the people that knew her to go check check her. Ah, she said, ah, why, "Why are we disturbing her now? That she, she just found a new man, and this man likes to eat his breakfast on Sunday morning. So, 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 why are we troubling her? God has done a miracle. You should leave her alone." Doesn't this sound ridiculous? It sounds like very ridiculous. But it's a true story. So we left her. Honestly, I don't know what I don't know what I'm not saying that he came back or I don't know if he did. But I just know that that cannot be pleasing unto God. It can't be pleasing unto God. If it is in your life and it doesn't give God praise absolutely worthless. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. We're about to pray now. You're saying, Pastor, I even need to turn my own life to God. I want to be on God's side. I want to be on the winning side. Oh, you're saying I used to be born again, but I'm backslidden. I want to come back to God. Can I come back to God? Yes, you can. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you now. Should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I want to pray with you. Pastor, pray with me. I need to come back to God. I need to repent of my sins. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. I came out of Egypt, but Egypt didn't come out of me. And before I knew it, I was back in Egypt. Put up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. Now put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well, well. Pray with me. Pastor, pray with me. That is me. That is me. That is me. I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm coming back to God. That is me. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. If you're you're online, God bless you. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. That is me. Put up that hand over your head, over your head, and I'll pray with you. The instructions are scrolling. The church in Cape Town, the call, I'm sure, 
is being made also. Lift your hands and surrender to him. That is me. You know, some of us, we are like, ah, now I see. I was out of Egypt. But Egypt was still very strong. Why don't you say to the Lord, today I recommit to the dealing of the Holy Spirit. I recommit my life to the word of God. I will not jump off the train again, Lord. Help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Just are saying, Pastor, can, 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 I, can I still put up my hand? Yes, you can. I'm about to pray. Put up that hand over your head. I need... God bless you. God bless you. At that corner over there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Not on your head. Put it over your head. Over your head. God bless you. There's a hand there. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Can I still put up my hand? Yes, I want to pray now. Keep the hands up. Until they sleep in the car. Once you have the car, talk to God. Help me. God bless you right there. And that hand there. Can I still put up my hand? Yes, you can. I want to pray with you now. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Another hand there. Another hand there. God bless you. That is me. That is me. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we pray for everyone surrendering to you today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Save them, my Father. Cleanse them. Deliver them totally. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Amen. Let's start by putting our hands together for the Lord, for his kindness.